Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his life-changing series entitled Fasting Fuel. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Fasting Fuel, the intro. I believe fasting as it relates to prayer is the fuel that our Lord has given us to destroy the strongholds of evil and usher in a great revival and spiritual harvest in our personal lives. We talked about fasting as uh, defined as a, it's refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. It's not just dieting or starving. So while I'm putting food aside, I'm also pressing in and spending more time with God. So that's real biblical fasting. I'm really setting food aside for the purpose of spending more time with God. It's seen as a normal part of our relationship with God and can lead to a deeper and more intimate relationship with him. We know fuel can be defined as something that gives nourishment for food. And so we know food is fuel for our physical bodies. How many of your body will let you know when it's hungry? Raise your hand if your body will let you know when it's hungry. There's no doubt about that, right? And what your body is alerting you to is that it needs fuel, right? Right? And so we are what we eat. We know it also can be defined as combustible matter used to maintain fire as coal, wood, oil, or gas in order to create heat or power. It's also an energy source uh, for engines, power plants, or reactors. So I won't use all of these illustrations again. They're just props, uh, but I want to get a little further in our service today. But we know that when you're out cooking and, and you're grilling, right, you need a little fuel on that charcoal in order to make that flame a little bigger, right? And when the flyer begins to go out, we need to add more coals and a little bit more uh, charcoal lighter fuel, right, to keep that flame going. Same thing with all of these other ones. Our cars, how I many you know our car will let us know when it needs a little fuel, right? And they've become so sophisticated with technology, and I think the natural realm mirrors the spiritual realm. I don't think anyone is creating anything. They're just discovering what God already put in the earth, right? No one's smarter than God. How many of y'all would agree with that, right? And so even now, the car will not just tell you that it needs gas. It'll tell you how many miles you have left before you're on empty. Right. And so I want you all to think about fasting that way. Everything in your life will not be accomplished by prayer alone. There are times when you need to add some fuel to your prayer life. Right. And it's called fasting to get the job done. And our life gives us indicators. Right. If I've been struggling with something for years, I mean, I hadn't put enough into this. And it's never on God's end. It's always on our end. Right. And so it's really never on him. It's always on us. And so I need to look at that. If I've been struggling with healing or whatever, you know, I've wanted to get married and it hasn't happened. I want you to know if it's in the Bible, God wants it for you more than you want it for yourself. You just have to be disciplined enough to quiet your flesh down to get specific instructions from him. And I mean, he'll tell you exactly how to walk, not just in healing, but in health. He'll not only get your body healed, he'll make sure that it never returns again. Oh, I wish I had 10 people in here that believe that. I'm talking about God can can deliver you to the uttermost. I'm talking about where there is no indication that you ever even went through what you went through. 
And so they're just things in our lives that require more. So we have to learn how to raise our level to the level of whatever challenge is going on in our personal lives. Uh, our introductory text was in Mark chapter 9. I'm not going to read all of that again. Verses 17 through 29 out of the Passion Translation, but I'll give you a quick synopsis. There was a father who had a son and there was a demon that just uh, continually tormented his son and it would make him mute or deaf to the point where he was unable to speak. And and then that uh, demon would also throw him into the fire, throw him into the water in an effort to try to to kill the boy. And the father uh, assumed that because the disciples had been with Jesus, they would know how to handle that. So the father took the uh, boy to the disciples and the disciples couldn't do anything with that right so then the father brought the boy to Jesus and Jesus had a dialogue with the father how long had the boy been like that we know the boy acted out more I mean we have to pay attention to divine distractions right I'm giving you the the, the playbook before it happens there will be distractions the moment you say I'm getting ready to pursue God Giving you the blueprint, okay? All right, and so the boy acts out more, and so Jesus takes authority over it. He doesn't have an all-night prayer session. He doesn't spit. He doesn't, you know, do all the theatrics, all of the church stuff. He just simply commands the demon to come out of the boy and never enter in again. Now, how many know if you spend enough time with God, you'll stop praying about things that he's actually given you authority over? Oh, Jesus. It's a difference, folks. It's a huge difference, right? A lot of times I'm praying because I might not be sure, right? Authority is a whole nother level. That has no right in my life. And so I commanded, hello, somebody, to leave. All right? I have that. You have that in him. So we know the rest of the story. The disciples later on that night, and I would too. You know, if something didn't work for me, I want to try to understand that. Hey, I tried it. It didn't work. Why didn't that work? So the disciples pulled Jesus over. They're like, say, Jesus, come here for a minute. Let me holler at you. Oh, however they said it, right? Let me talk to you for a moment, right? Now, how come we couldn't cast that demon out? And Jesus, you know, if you ask him a question, how many know he'll tell you? A lot of us don't want to know the answer to the questions that we ask him. That's why we don't ask, right? But it's a good question to say, God, why haven't I gotten healed yet? How many know he'll tell you, and it's not on his end? You know, God, why haven't I gotten married yet? He will answer that question for you and tell you specifically, and it won't be on his end. How many know it's going to be something we need to do to respond, all right? And so Jesus said, hey, fellas, this kind can only come out by fasting and prayer. So what was he essentially saying? You've got to add a little fuel to your prayer life. All right? Now, let's travel. So last week we talked about, you know, how you begin and conduct your fast will largely determine your success, right? I, I come from the school of how you start something and how you end something is pretty much how you set yourself up for, for fail, for, for success, right? So how you begin, uh, your fast will, will determine the, the success and victory of it by following these seven basic steps to fasting. Uh, you can make your time with the Lord more meaningful and spiritually rewarding. Step one, we talked about you have to have an objective, right? Objective. Why are you fasting? Don't just not eat just to be eating, but determine beforehand that this fast is for this. Okay. 
All right. And so have an objective there. We talked about a lot of different things around that. We gave you some ideas. You can fast for God's direction. You can fast for freedom. You can also fast for growth and spiritual uh, strength. We left off talking about step number two. You have to be committed. And, And again, I'm giving you the blueprint, right? There will be daily distractions that will come to keep you from being committed. Multiple times throughout the day. Right. So you've got to determine beforehand that what my objective is, I am committed to that. And we looked at a lot of different verses or several verses around that. And we learned that fasting is not optional for believers. It really hasn't been taught. I apologize. Repent to this church. It hasn't really been taught as a lifestyle. It's kind of just been optional. So we don't do it a whole lot. Uh, but Jesus clearly said in Matthew chapter six, he said, when you fast, not if you fast. Right. And then in the other dissertation there in Matthew chapter nine, uh, the Pharisees were a little uh, perturbed. They were like, hey, we fast and we do all of this. And but we notice your disciples don't fast. And Jesus answers, well, well, well can the uh, uh, bride fast while the groom is present? Right. But the day will come when the groom has departed and then they will fast. And how many know Jesus has gone back to be with the father? So we need to add fasting to our lives, not just at the top of the year, but as a lifestyle. So this year, the fasting part of the 21 days is not optional. It's mandatory. Thank you all for that enthusiasm in here. It's so much excitement in this room right now. I'm ready to just flip off the stage and go run a lap because people are so excited about putting that food down and hearing from God. Boy, this level of excitement right here will make me preach at a level that I have just never preached at before. When you see people get excited about drawing closer to God. See, fasting is really not about what God can do for you. Fasting is about what you can do for God. See, God is saying, ask me not what I can do for you, but what can you do for me? Now, let's pick up with number three today. Point number three. This is good. I really love point number three. I I just love studying it. I love writing it. Let's look at step number three. You have to prepare yourself spiritually, right? What do I mean by that? You have to prepare yourself spiritually. So I have an objective. I've decided that I'm going to be committed to it, right? Now I've got to prepare myself spiritually. Let's talk a little bit about what that looks like, right? The very foundation of fasting and prayer, listen to this very carefully, is repentance. None of us are perfect. All of us have areas of our lives we need to get together. Am I the only one? Come on, I'll lift up everything I can lift up. It's, it's not just one area. It's like, for me, it's like multiple areas that God is dealing with me about, right? So that's the foundation. Watch this now. Unconfessed sin will hinder your prayers. We don't talk about that in church because sin is a bad word. No negative words in the sanctuary, but it's in the Bible. Get out of here with that. If it's in the Bible, I'm preaching it. Unconfessed sin will hinder your prayers. So here are several things you can do to prepare your heart and prepare yourself spiritually. Letter A, acknowledge any sin in your life that may be hindering you. Now, I mean, God has already forgiven you, but you can't act like you're not acting ugly. 
I mean, just because I know my wife loves me, that doesn't give me a license to just act ugly. She, I know she loved me. Everybody clear on that? Now, let's read. Let's look at this now. He's already forgiven you, but you still need to acknowledge when you're wrong. Look at 1 John 1, 9 out of the Passion Translation. It says, but if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, and what, what is his light? The light of the word of God. I mean, the word of God will show us where we're in error. And sometimes we think that's fornication, adultery. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not just that. It might be you haven't obeyed him to do something he told you to do. Right? And the light of his word will uncover that. It might be he told you to serve and you haven't done it yet. It might be he told you to get involved in connect groups. You haven't done it yet. yet. He might, it might be he told you to tithe and you're still fighting him on that. Right? Just stuff like that. Right? But if we freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them, watch this. He will be faithful to forgive us how often? How often? How often? Every time. God is just to forgive us of our sins. Why? Because of Christ. He could not forgive you because of you. No way. Come on, somebody. You know you. You know he could not forgive you. I know me. He's tired of me. Come on, somebody. Right or wrong, right? But he doesn't see me. He doesn't see you. He sees that shed blood of Jesus Christ on that mercy seat that was shed on your behalf. So every time you come to him, Jesus says, Father, I already paid the price for what they just acknowledged. And the father said, okay. But watch this. There's an added benefit to it that I just love. It says here, uh, he will forgive you. God is, uh, God is just to forgive you of our, of our sins because of Christ. Watch this. And he will continue to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So notice there's a continual process of cleansing as long as you walk in a continual acknowledgement of when you miss it. Don't walk around like you're perfect. Because none of us are. Matter of fact, lead from your weaknesses because everybody knows you got issues. So you might as well tell people before they discover them. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And stop trying to act like you all that in a bag of chips. Come on, somebody. No, you need to let people know I struggle in this area and keep me lifted up. Come on, somebody. And, and, and I, I'm working on it just like you're working on it, right? We're working on our marriage just like you're working on your marriage. Our marriage is not perfect. We're not perfect parents. Hello, somebody. We're all on this journey together. As long as we can continually acknowledge it, there's a cleansing that just, how many know, just like you bathe your natural body every day. Boy, it's so refreshing when you know the Holy Spirit just comes and cleanses your spiritual your inside. It's such a refreshing about that. So we've got to acknowledge any sin that may be hindering us, right? Let's look at Proverbs 28, 13. New Living Translation says, people who conceal their sins, uh-oh, what does that say? Well, what? Am I, did I read that right? People who hide their sins. Did we read that right? Oh, but if they confess and turn from them, then they shall receive mercy. So notice, confess means acknowledge. So it's not just acknowledging, but I'm acknowledging and I turn and go in a different direction. Now, if you understand the character of God, right, what he's saying to you, when you do that, then I have mercy for you. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. 
That's what I'm operating out of right now. Come on, somebody. Right? It's the mercy of God. I'm so glad I didn't get his justice for all the stupid stuff I've done over the course of my life. Come on, I got anybody else in here that has done some stupid stuff over the course. If I would have got the justice for all the stupid stuff that I've done, I promise you I wouldn't be standing up here before you right now. But he didn't give me justice. He gave me mercy. Somebody ought to lift their hands right now and thank God that you didn't get justice. Come on, anybody ever been there before? God, if you get me out of this situation. Come on, anybody ever been there before? Come on, anybody? God, if, if you just let this one, oh, if you, if you just let this one get away from me. Huh? Anybody else been there? No, I'm out here in the wrong situation, in the wrong environment. God, just let me get home tonight. And I'll be at church in the morning. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Holding on to the toilet bowl. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Forgive me. I don't know about you. Father, I thank you for your mercy today. Woo! I thank you for your mercy today. Oh, I thank you for your mercy today, Father. Oh, I thank you that you are rich in mercy. Let her be. Seek forgiveness. Watch this now. From all whom you have offended. I know you don't think you've done anything wrong to anybody, but I promise you, you have. Seek forgiveness from all whom you have offended. Watch this. And forgive all who have hurt you. Look at Mark eleven twenty five out of the Passion Translation. And whenever you stand praying, see, right in that moment, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him. Watch this. So that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. So is it possible then that God has not released you into your next level? Because you haven't released somebody else. See, and we don't understand that sometimes holding somebody else back is actually holding yourself back. When in reality, you've done far worse to God than whatever that person did to you. Come on, I need a little maturity in this place today. If anybody's identifying with this, right? And so I don't want anything to keep me from being released into my next level. They, it, or them is not worth that. Look at Luke 17, 3 and 4 out of the New Living Translation says, So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Now, I want to give some balance to this because a lot of times we think that when somebody does us, does us wrong and depending on the level of it, how many know we have to forgive them, but, but how many know we don't have to subject ourselves to them again? And I'm going to show you this in the word of God. See, a lot of times we get that wrong and then they pile drive us again. Come on, somebody. That's not what the Bible is saying. I'm getting ready to read it to you, right, for better understanding and clarity. Watch this. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. 
even if that person wrongs you seven times in a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, then you must forgive. The key here is that they turn, came back, acknowledged it, and then asked you to forgive them. I'll keep working with that person. But you walk away from that and act like you never did anything wrong. I still forgive you, but I might not subject myself to you again. But as long as you keep acknowledging the failure, I'll keep working with you. What are we doing? Acting just like our father. You all see that? All right, let's keep traveling. So how many of y'all can think about some areas where, hey, I might need to go to somebody and, 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 and say, hey, I was wrong. How many of y'all can think about some areas? I know I can think of a couple of areas in my life where I need to directly go to somebody and say, hey, that, that was wrong. Right? How many of y'all can think about some other things that people have done to you and you've just been holding on to? How many of y'all can think about some of those things? See, fasting is a good time to get you in a spiritual place because, see, you haven't been able to do it in your flesh. You know how you know? Every time you see them. You posture yourself a little bit. <laughs> or you ask questions. You get invited somewhere and you, and you ask questions. Will such and such be there? I'm good. Come on, don't sit out there and look at me like that. Am I preaching the truth, right? We, watch this now. You should write this down. We avoid the people who we are offended by. We avoid the people that we have not forgiven. We do everything in our power to stay out of their way. We time it perfect. When they leave, we come in. When they come in, we leave. You got to locate what's going on in your heart. All right, where's the music department? Because right there, just every, the spirit just left right out of here. Because God is the greatest power. Come on, sing it with me. We shall never, never be defeated. That sounded good. One more time. And because God, yeah, is the greatest power, we shall never Never be defeated. So when you go to work tomorrow, stop letting that person defeat you. When you get home, stop letting people defeat you. You all still glad you came to church today? So watch this now. And then you've got to learn how to make restitution as the Holy Spirit leads you. So sometimes he'll not only want you to forgive the person. He'll want you to do something. Oh, Lord. Somebody, somebody heard that one right there. That, that hit right there and that shine not right there. So, so what I'm saying is sometimes the degree that you wrong someone requires more than just an acknowledgement. It means now I got to make it right. I might have to return something, repay something. Sometimes it's not enough to just say, hey, I, I apologize that I didn't pay you your $5,000 back. I repent from that. I mean, sometimes that, it's that and give them their money back. 
See, I knew y'all wasn't going to like this this morning. See, 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 God, you up here saying, God, release me from that debt. No, God, that person has to release you from that. Oh, Lord. I just feel that right there. I sense something going in right there. Ibabashika, ta 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 ta. Shaka ba 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 ba. I'm gonna read that again. Sometimes you gotta make restitution as the Holy Spirit leads you. Words are sometimes not enough. There must be corresponding action. I'm talking about preparing ourselves spiritually. Letter D. Meditate on the attributes. I'm sorry, letter C. I was about to go past one. Surrender your life fully to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Master and and refuse to obey your worldly nature. So I want to challenge some people with this verse right here. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred and living sacrifice. So we should be spiritually trying to see God, where do you want me to surrender myself more? What parts of my life do I need to make more of a living sacrifice to you? And then live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. I'm not against tattoos, but ask yourself, why do I want one? Why do I have one? I'm not against anything. None of it is a sin issue for me. So don't hear any of this the wrong way. It's not a heaven or hell issue. It's not a sin issue. We just want to ask ourselves, who are we trying to identify with? Is it the world and their culture or is it God? Where did I get that from? Why do I want to dress this way? What's influencing that? Because, see, sacrificing that might be a general expression of worship to God. That I don't want to look like the world. I want to live separate from the world. Somebody in here might have been praying about that. Let's keep reading. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. So the only way that transformation can take place is I have to change the way I think. When I was a youth pastor, I used to always challenge them. I used to always say, why do you want that? Why do you want to get that? Right? And I would always say to them, I don't wear anything on my body to represent what I believe. I wear that in my chest, and I live that out in my life. My heart is tattooed. Come on, somebody, with, with the love of Jesus. Come on, somebody. And then I walk that out every single day of my life. And that's a greater witness for me. Of course, they'd always give me this verse in Revelations where Jesus came back and he had a, 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 a what, what is it? Revelation 22 where he had it on his thigh. The scripture says on his thigh. Right? So then I always would answer them this way. Well, if that's the verse you're using, you need to die, be raised from the grave, <laughs> go to heaven. Come on, somebody. And then come back with that on your thigh. Because he didn't have that on the earth. I'm just challenging people. Don't get offended with me, right? I'm just saying always ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it to identify with this culture around me? 
right? Or is it to identify with Christ? And let that drive you. Let that motivate you, okay? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Letter D, meditate on the attributes of God, his love, his sovereignty, his power, his wisdom, his faithfulness, his grace, his compassion, and others. Psalms 49, 9 and 10, or 48, 9 and 10, the Passion Translation says, Lord, as we worship you in your temple, we recall over and over your kindness to us and your unending love. See, as we worship in your temple, we recall over and over again your kindness to us and your unending love. It's something about every time we come into the temple and we begin to worship God, it just reminds us of how, reminds us of how kind he's been to us over the course of our lives and just how much he's loved us. I, I, every time I come in here, I think that's why David said, man, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. It's just something about gracing the temple and the worship center that reminds me that God has been kind to me and that he's loved me. Come on, somebody. I just went to a home going two weeks ago. I had just taken my uncle to a Detroit Lions football game two weeks prior to that. Two weeks later, he's gone. Folks, every time I come into the worship center, I'm reminded of how kind God has been to me and how much he loves me. I'm not in a hospital with tubes up my nose. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I don't need assistance and help to get to wherever God. Come on, somebody. Every time I come in here, these songs just lift me and I'm reminded of how, how kind. And how much God love. Prepare yourself spiritually. Psalms 103, 1 through 8, or, or 1 through 8, and then 11 through 13, New Living Translation says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. Come on, go ahead and let all that you are praise the Lord with your whole heart. The psalmist here is determined. He said, I will praise his holy name. He says, let all that I am bless and praise the Lord. And may I never forget the good things he does for me. What are some of those good things? He says he forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my mouth with good things, not bad things. My youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. I came to tell somebody today they may have done you wrong. But with God on your side, he will take what they did wrong and make it right. And then force them to be able to see that what they meant for evil, God used it for his good. Come on, God is good. Somebody prepare yourself spiritually. He revealed his character to Moses, but his deeds to the people of Israel. Those are two different things. The people of Israel only knew him by his works, but Moses knew his character. When you prepare yourself spiritually and you say that you're going to press in, God will begin to show you his character. And you'll begin to trust him and you'll, you'll learn that the current situation that you're in, God is unwilling to leave you in it. Because you know his character. Something that you know God is leading you to step out on. You won't have any fear stepping out in it. Because you know the character of your God. And he's unwilling to allow you to fail in that situation. Moses knew his character. But the children of Israel only knew his deeds. 
And it's a sad thing when you only know God by what he does and not by who he is. I'd much rather know him by who he is because even when I don't see it, I still know his character enough. Come on, somebody. To know that he is not a man that he should lie. Come on, somebody. Nor the son of man that he should repent. And if he said it, shall he not do it? So even though the doctor just gave me this bad report, I can look right back at the report and say, I know whose report I'm going to believe. I don't deny what this report says. But my report from the character of my God says that by his stripes, I am healed. Come on, somebody. You can look at bills and you know you don't have enough income come to match this outgo but I know the character of my God though I know who he is and I know that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus Moses knew his character when you prepare yourself spiritually you'll begin to learn God by his character and not by his gifts The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. 11, for his unfailing love towards us or towards those who fear him is is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west and they never touch. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. That word fear just simply means reverence and respect. He's going to be tender and compassionate. Now, you act hard towards him and you run your mouth and you act like he's not doing for you what he's doing. I mean, you get a different response. Right? But if you reverence and you respect, he's going to be tenderhearted, compassionate. Letter E. Begin your time of fasting and prayer with an expectant heart. I'm going into this expecting to get out of it what I went into it for. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So I'm going in believing that what I'm going in for, I will see it. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, watch this, and that he is a punisher of those who diligently seek him. See, a lot of us have this image of God because we don't know his character that he's just sitting up somewhere waiting to get us for everything that we do wrong. No, God is more interested in rewarding you than he is punishing you. Any good parents in here, all we want to do is reward our children. That's all we want to do. We never, I don't ever want to have a bad situation with my children, ever. All I really want to do is reward. All I want to do is say, hey, do this, 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 and this, and man, I'm going to take care of everything for you. That's all I want to do. So begin your time of prayer and fasting with an expectant heart. Letter F, do not underestimate spiritual opposition. Watch this now. Satan sometimes intensifies the natural battle between your body and your spirit. If you've never been in a war before, here you go. I'm talking about where daily your spirit is battling your body and your body is battling your spirit. Your spirit is saying pray. Your body is saying sleep. Your spirit is saying don't eat that. Your body is saying it's okay. It's not that deep if I eat that. For 21 straight days, there will be an intense battle. 
you decide I'm going to go to church every Sunday. All hell will break loose the first Sunday. Anybody ever been there before? Now, let's read a verse that supports that. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, New Living Translation says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires, watch this, that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. That's in the Bible. And so don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is getting ready to try you. The devil will not let you get to the finish line easy. I have never completed one of these without major challenges. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Is it just me or is anybody else in here can identify with what I'm talking about? It's almost like every distraction known to man comes up during these seasons. All right. Step four, prepare yourself spiritually. This is just practical information. So listen, fasting requires reasonable precautions. So consult your physician first. Of course, for just the six-hour block, you don't need to consult a physician. But if you're going to challenge yourself beyond that, uh, then you need to really make sure that you're under the proper guidance. Let me give you some wisdom, right? Uh, Especially if you take prescription medication or if you have a chronic ailment, I'm not telling you to not take any of that. Follow what your doctor is instructing you to do and let the Holy Spirit give you the wisdom. Otherwise, then go back to your doctor and let the doctor confirm what you you believe the Holy Spirit led you to do. Everybody clear on that? All right, I need to say these things, right? Uh, some person should never fast without professional supervision. Physical preparation makes the drastic change in your eating routine. Watch this now. I've never shared these things with you, even though I know them. It makes it a little easier so that you can turn your full attention to the Lord in prayer, right? And if you're going to exercise during the fast, consult a physician. I actually exercise the entire time, but I actually know my body. I understand my body. That's how I lose more weight. I mean, there's an added benefit that you can knock off some pounds, right? And pursue some real health areas in your life. But just know what you're doing. Consult a physician, a nutritionist, right? Prepare your body. Now, contrary to popular belief, eat smaller meals before you start a fast. A lot of people want to get the last meal in. That's not a good thing. So they're going to try to eat on that last day for 21 days. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about give me the loaded up on me. Give me eight slabs of that. Give me 18 biscuits because I'm getting ready to take this stuff out for the next 21. That's actually not the best way to enter in. You actually want to start weaning yourself from the things that you know are going to be on the table and on the altar during those 21 days. So start taking the weeks leading up to it to begin removing those things slowly from your diet. Oh, that is a lot of excitement on that one right there. Whoo, that was tough to say right there. That was like that. You just see everybody just tensing up like, what did he just say? 
So eat smaller meals before starting to fast so that your, your stomach can actually begin shrinking. Avoid high fat and sugary foods. Begin eating raw fruits and vegetables and juicing, you know, a couple of days before you start your fast. <laughs> so some of y'all looking at me like God has not said nothing to me about no raw f- fruit and juicer, no two couple of days. He ain't speaking to me. Did he say, did you hear that? I didn't hear nothing from God on that one right there. Prepare yourself for temporary mental discomforts, such as impatience, crankiness, and anxiety. Also, moodiness. So we got to give ourselves a break during these 21 days. Somebody that's going to stop drinking coffee is going to be a little different during that 21 days. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, get ready. Just let, can we just all cut each other some slack? So all be patient with each other, right? We don't know what people have put on the altar. Expect some physical discomforts, especially on the second day. If you just, if you've ever done this before, you know what I'm talking about. You may have fleeting hunger pains, dizziness, or the blahs. Withdrawal from caffeine and sugar may cause headaches. See, the devil will tell you, go ahead and drink a little bit to calm that headache down. But I'm telling you, through the spirit, you've got to learn how to fight through that. Physical annoyances may also include weakness, tiredness, sleepiness. The first two or three days are usually the hardest. But then as you continue to fast, you will likely experience a sense of well uh, being both physically and spiritually. I know for my wife and I, it's usually about the third or fourth day when our bodies turn over. And then it's like we're normal. But to get there is like, I just want to go lay in the bed. Anybody ever, I'm talking about, I, I don't I just want to go lay down, right? My tongue will turn completely white. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I'm like, just what is going on, right? One time we did this and I think, we hadn't eaten in, I don't know, nine days up to that point, And I was still eliminating. How many of you know I was backed up? Because <laughs> I hadn't eaten no food in nine days. And I was like full-blown eliminations on the eighth and ninth day. I said, Lord, help me, Jesus. That's too much information. My baby said, don't tell them all of that. But what it was showing me was that this stuff sits in our system. So we're actually not eliminating the food we ate yesterday. So see, and then if it sits in there long enough, it becomes toxic. And then free radicals released in the blood system. And see, we're saying, I bind you, devil. And we got to bind that fried chicken. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Should I'm sorry. Shut your hands up here towards me right now. Ask God to help me. Because he is. So I'm going to talk about a few more things right now. We got to bind all that sugar. See, we're talking about the devil is a liar. The sugar is a liar. All that dessert is a liar. Come on, somebody. That's what the liar is. 
Devil like, just come on, keep giving me the credit for all of it. I'll take all of it. All right. Can I get this in? Yep. Step five. Put yourself on a schedule or a plan. Put yourself on a schedule slash plan. Watch this now. So for maximum spiritual benefit, set aside ample time to be alone with the Lord. So if you notice, you're organizing yourself before you begin your fast. Don't just try to each day I'm going to make up something different. No, organize the entire 21 days. So put yourself on a schedule or plan for maximum spiritual benefit. Set aside ample time to be alone with the Lord. Listen for his leadings because the more time you spend with him, the more meaningful your fast will be. Believe it or not, the more time you spend with him, the less hungry you'll be. You'll be able to overcome the distractions, right? When you start seeing those things overcome you is because you haven't been spending enough time with him to build yourself up enough to overcome the physical, natural things. Right? And all it is is an indicator. I got to step it up. So don't beat yourself up. Just step it up. Okay? Everybody clear? All right. Don't let the devil tell you, well, you messed up on day one, so that's it's over. How many know he'll do stuff like that, right? I messed up. I'm out there. Now I might as well just go on and stay out there. I'll try next year with him. <laughs> How many know that, that happens to people, right? I've had people tell me, Pastor, I'm just going to start... In February, I literally have had people tell me that. Right? So don't let him fool you like that. Put yourself on a schedule or a plan, right? Watch this now. Invite the Holy Spirit to work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. So every day when you wake up, invite the Holy Spirit to help you fulfill what his will is for you for that day and what his good pleasure is. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. New Living Translation says, For God is working in you, watch this, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So get up every day and invite him that way. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to close with these next uh, verses here in Proverbs chapter 16, verses 3 and 9 in the Passion Translation. It reads this way. Before you do anything, Put your trust totally in God and not in yourself because you're going to challenge yourself this year beyond and further than you've ever gone before. Is that right? How many of y'all are going to do that? You're going to challenge yourself, right? And so what you're saying here is, God, I'm going to put my trust in you and not in myself. So I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to help me succeed during these 21 days. Look at what the rest of this verse goes on to say. Then every plan you make will succeed. Now, that's a heck of a promise right there. God is saying, you plan it and I'll cause it to succeed. Isn't that good right there? Right? Why? Because I'm putting all my trust in him. Right? I'm getting ready to press in, God, because I know you want this for me more than I want it for myself. Look at verse 9. Within your heart, you can make plans for your future. But the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. So this is what I want you to be open to. Even though you might take the, uh, make the plans, God might have a different route for you to get there. And sometimes those different routes doesn't mean it's still not for you. Right? Now, I always saw what I'm doing right now. But this was not the route I saw myself getting there. Completely different. Everybody clear on that? What I did was I just kept working with God. 
because I knew eventually he was going to get me where he wanted me to be. But it was not the route I planned out. Everybody clear? So sometimes God will take you over somewhere else because there's some lessons you need to learn over here. That will help develop you and prepare you for where ultimately he's trying to get you to. So I just wanted to alert you to that. You all get anything out of this today? That's just part two. We still got part three on next week, okay? Let's go ahead and lift our hands to the Father. And I just want you to begin to worship him. Go ahead, right there where you are. Just begin to search your heart right now. Father, as we are uh, discussing uh, fasting fuel, Father, and you're teaching us how to set an objective, how to be committed to that objective, Father, how to prepare ourselves spiritually and naturally, Father, how to have a plan and a schedule, Father. I thank, the, thank you that you are setting us up for victory and you're setting us up for success. You're actually telling us beforehand everything that's going to happen so that when we see it, we won't even be surprised by it. You're just so good. You're you're showing us what the enemy will try to do to stop us, but you're also showing us how you're going to reward us every time we defeat him. And so, Father, I just pray for every heart in here today, every heart that's listening online. I just pray that they will have a determination about them, Father, to press in to everything that you're leading them to do, which will ultimately draw them closer to you and manifest in their lives the things that they're believing you for. We thank you and we give you glory for that. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.